How are we again sharing from your truth, sharing your knowledge, sharing your wisdom to any that would have an ear to hear the words, but listen to what's being shared, Father. Listening and going to your book, the Bible, your guidebook, your instruction manual, the roadmap for this walk in life, Father God, that would go and seek your face there, find you. So sharing many of the things that I do and these um, other issues about these false deities, and in particular we have this one that's really taken, manifested in many believers and shapes but the important thing that we need to remember, we must hold on to and believe, have faith, be strengthened. And every single day, I pray in the beginning for your boldness, your courage, and your uprightness. These things I share about these deities and the false truths, there's one thing that remains constant and you must hold on to the infallible infallible truths that we find that God presents in the Bible there is no leaning there is no bending and as I've shared with you, as my walk is becoming closer to God and I practice his presence more and more and I enjoy his hearness, <sighs> and that there's so many things that are going on but we cannot allow ourselves to be troubled by these things. The false deities, this is this is not something new. This is not something updated. And and in my studies this morning and, and reading and looking and reminded that that there are that there are members of certain religions and and uh, they declare that the, it's necessary to rewrite the Bible after declaration and declaration and declaration that this is that this is all coming from God and that his word is truth and that they teach this and then they turn around and they have the individuals that want to say that it needs to be rewritten and relevant. So what I see when I share these things and I read about this and I, I pay attention to these things that go on and listen to their declarations, it reminds me so much of the pharisaical tyrants, the Pharisees. They declared themselves in the face of the Lord that they were the truth and that he was a blasphemer. And then you have these individuals that declare that they are God incarnate on earth and that they alone decide and that they are given these words 
directly from God or that they are uh, that they are a cousin to Gabriel the Archangel different all sorts of different things and yet and yet but through my walk and through my life I have seen truth nothing but truth as unfailing presence as guidance as walking and as feeling as love so no matter what is going on in these various commentators that write all these books about different things that are coming and happening and got to watch out for this and watch out for that yeah pay attention but don't get fear-driven. Remember, don't be fearful. There's a difference between having a fear, being afraid of something. God knows we are. God already tells us that through our weakness, he is made strong and that we need to remember that he, and if you are Christ-centered and you are having faith in God, you will have that to hold on to. And you must do that thing. You must hold on. Remember that Jesus is our rock. That Jesus came and sacrificed himself for our sake. And remember that these things that are in we we take a we take a lesson from Paul. If you go into the New Testament and you go back to his letters, and I believe the percentage that I shared with you before is correct, um, that almost 90% of Paul's writings and his letters to the churches to encourage them, to uplift them, to his other fellow disciples and those that were walking with him, and, <clears throat> pardon me, and all of his letters to, to uplift them and for their edification. And remember that word edify is, is important because edification is, is uplifting with clarity and knowledge. It's not just giving information because you will have some that claim to be pastors or uh, teachers and they they give you no clarity they leave you almost with more questions than answers you go in ready and and you have more questions sometimes that happens just because of ignorance and um, if you don't if you're not aware and you're not following that'll happen and remember, ignorance has nothing to do with stupidity. So don't listen to those naysayers that speak without true knowledge out there and try to get you to believe that knowledge and stupidity are the same or uh, ignorance and stupidity are the same and that's not true. Ignorance just means that you have a lack of knowledge. And if you fail to learn by anything and you fail to follow directions and you fail to pay attention to things that are going and you go back and just 
you cra keep crashing your car into the same wall, into the same, you make the same turn, you hit the same curb, you knock over the same fire hydrant, and you're not listening to the instructor try to teach you to drive, but yet you're going to the same route to get you to know and be aware of what's going on, but you keep doing the same thing over and over. You're just not listening. You keep saying, yeah, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. But yet you repeatedly do the same error, exactly the same thing. Then you tend to be a little stupid. And sometimes we all fall into that. What you do is you grasp onto the words, you pray to the Holy Spirit, throw out the bullet prayers and you guidance. And this is why... This is why it's important that the word tells us that we have to seize our thoughts and our ways and make sure that we give those to the Lord through the course of our day and our walking because we allow things to take control of our thought process. And it's very important. This is why I share with you that it's really important. The helmet of salvation is a key to this body of armor, and it's important. And when Paul writes about this thing, um, when he writes about the armor of God, the, the last thing mentioned, it's most important, it's at the top of the head, but it's the last thing he talks about, and it's probably the most important. It is because our minds are readily controlled and influenced. And we are continually trying to figure things out on our own. This is why throughout the Bible, throughout the Bible, you will find these verses that are in there that tells us and tells us to be like-minded Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might, with all thy mind, that we're focused. Focusing takes concentration. It takes thought. Meditating on God and, and see when I'm here in the quiet time and, and, I'm, and I find that my mind starts to wander towards places that it shouldn't go. When I'm here at night, on my own and the demons come in and they want to try to influence my thought process. I just, as the Bible tells us and suggests us to do, to guide us in that direction, all we have to do is say his name. And what I'm finding more and more and more is that you don't even have to shoot out a bullet prayer, all you have to do is say his name. And his name is Jesus, my Lord, my King. Holy Spirit, guide me. And just doesn't even have to be a full prayer. Doesn't even have to be a, a bullet prayer, just the name. I talk to God at night and when the Spirits come, they try to dissuade my thought process, or they try to get that white noise interference in there. I'm just, I lay back and it's Abba Yahweh, Abba Yahweh, Abba Yahweh, Abba Yahweh, Abba Yahweh. 
Heavenly Father, maker of all things made. Heavenly Father, maker of all things made. He hears me. And I will talk to Jesus and just say his name. And he just comes. He comes. All you have to do is talk to him. Ask him. And he will come. He's a good, good father. Pardon me, but he just gave me a hug and I'm just, I'm leaking. <laughs> uh, kind of, I find it fascinating how that works. God puts his arms around you, gives you a little tight squeeze and lets you be reminded that he is with you. And you have no recourse. But to leak the tears. Um, what we have to do though, and this is this all comes from this, and I'm I'm loving this, this first study session that's gonna come up with the uh, with my schooling, my classes, as practicing the presence of God. And it does. And I've shared with you before that practices is an important word because if you want to be good at something, um, you have to practice it. And for many, being aware of these things that are going on are, is not an easy thing, especially with walking in this plane of existence that we are in and realizing that all these things and these commentators write about these things and get your mind all wrapped around all these different things that are going on and here's here's something to be known and honest and and uh, this one author i I have enjoyed hearing the man speak and talk and and on but here's here's my takeaway and this comes from the Word of God and the truth and all of these things are adding to uh, emotional disturbance and stress as if that's, we don't have enough of that already. Um, getting caught up in all these things, but here is the, the most important thing, really, really important, that you learn to relax in God's presence. You need to practice his presence and just be aware of his hearness. I love that. I love that term. I just, I fell in love with it and I took it. But it's not plagiarism because I'm giving credit to uh, Brother Lavak, who first was writing this in his journal and discovering it and reading and fell in love with it. So, I claim it, it's not, and he might not have coined that phrase, but that's where I got it from, is his journalistic reading, writing. And I love the hearness of God. Wow, that, hear me when I say this. Listen to what I'm saying, the hearness of God. So, for me, that's very pinpoint. And you can say that a certain 
group or certain people or yeah they're going to be here and and such and such and such and such and and they have a concert date or well uh, we have a very we have a prominent group that is is out there in the word uh, king and country they're going to do a concert tour and they're going to be here uh december 13th well does that mean that they're going to be here in my bedroom they're going to be here in my house no it just means that they're going to be here within the city. But when you practice the hereness of God, for me, that is very specific. That is here in my house where I'm residing, that he gave to me, that he provided for me, that we he comes and he shares time with me here. His hereness is here specifically with me. When I practice and pay attention to the hereness of God. He is here with me in this very location, this very spot, not within the city, which he is, but hereness of God is right smack here where I am, wherever I am. If I'm paying attention to the hereness of God, it is specific for that location where I am. And God promises in his infallible truths that we find within our guidebook, our roadmap, our instruction manual, the Bible, infallible truths that he promises to be with us whithersoever thou goest. Hashim, Lord thy God. And we find his sayings when he talks about these things. You can go, where is that first scripture, uh, Father? I believe it's in Deuteronomy 5. And Deuteronomy, remember what I've shared with you? Is that Deuteronomy is the fifth Is the fifth book of the Bible. And you have things are just getting going. You have the book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. It's the movement and the living of the nation of Israel. They come out of Egypt. And so many of these things. This is why the rule of faith is very important. Very important. is because you find things that are said in the beginning up here. And, and this is that you find that are in the New Testament and shared within the New Testament from the disciples. Deuteronomy. And this is something I share with you all the time. Deuteronomy uh, 4. 29. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him, and thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. When thou art in trouble and tribulation and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, 
and shalt be obedient unto his voice. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he swore unto them. So the nation of Israel is being reminded that God promised things, and he is true to his word, and he is with us wherever we go, and that we are not troubled, And that we seek his face. We seek him. That we seek his truth. But he promised them. He promised Joshua and, and Moses back then. said, wherever you go, wherever you travel, don't be afraid. Don't worry. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there with you, and wherever you go, be bold, courageous, and upright, because I will be with you. Joshua 1, 9. When Joshua is getting ready to go down into the valley of Jericho, have I not commanded thee? to be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid nor dismayed. For I am with you whithersoever thou goest. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not nor be afraid of them for the Lord thy God he it is that is, doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. That's powerful. It's truth. He promises that. We find that again in Isaiah. He reminds us to not be afraid that if we wait upon the Lord, he renews our strength. <clears throat> His breath will lift us to mount us up on wings as eagles. <clears throat> Pardon me. And he is there to uphold us. And we're reminded to be still and know that he is Lord, our God. Throughout his word, we find evidence of his promises throughout from the beginning to the end of the Bible. And he promises to be with us until the end of this age, whatever age that might be. Remember what I keep telling you, 
Tomorrow is not promised, and God is with us always. And when it draws near to the end of the, this age, that because Jesus came and he rested the keys of death from he who is fearful and a liar and a condemner and an accuser, he rested the keys. He didn't go and ask permission. He didn't go and say, Satan, I came down and they hung me on that tree up there. He agitated and stirred everybody up and so they crucified me. And so now we have a changing and because I, I died and, and I'm down here now, uh, I need you to give me those keys because I, I'm going to start being in charge of, of uh, death now. Not you anymore. He didn't ask. They didn't have a discussion. He went and he took the keys because Satan was drawing fear into everyone, making them fearful. And people were afraid to die. They were afraid of death. Things were going on. They were scared. There's not a reason to be. And the truth is that God is with us whithersoever we go. And that we are met. We are met at the gate. And that's a doorway. That's all that is, just a doorway. What we need to learn to do, and, and this, it takes practice. It does, it takes practice. I'm still practicing. I've been practicing for a while, and that's okay. I'm not, I'm not expert at it, and I don't claim to be. And anyone that speaks truth and is truthful, even these theological wizards that I call them, because they don't like to, they don't like to admit that thing. Just like the Pharisees and, and these others that practice that Phariseeism, that they know so much more. They need to rewrite the word of God because there are things that they're finding out that are different. Oh, no, 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 no. This is God's word, not your word to adjust and not your word to amend. It's God's word. And we are told not to change it by one jot or tittle, not one iota. And if you do, then there are going to be repercussions. But here's the thing. We need to be able to learn and relax in God's presence. Practice his presence. Enjoy his hearness. When you have these things that are going on all around, all the time, and these different commentators that write these different books about all these different things, what is it that you need to know that these individuals are writing about that do nothing more that agitate or stir up. And I was I was reading one, and as I shared, I, I, I've heard this person talk before. I like his speaking. I like he speaks truth and good guidance. But in reading through some of his books, I just find that it is more mounting up on 
things that are going on already in our lives that, that draw into that and cause more of a tumult to be stirred than need be. Readings are good. Reading is a good thing. I like the I like the written page and there's certain things that I enjoy. But remember this. The commentators, most of what they do, they're just doing it to comment. They're just doing it to say something. And some of them, unfortunately, it's their need to feel important. But the important thing in sharing the word of God and discipling with Jesus Christ and the guidance of the Holy Spirit is that this is for others, exhortation, edification. And what does that mean? That means it is that I share this truth, knowledge, and wisdom with you, for you, to give you information and knowledge, but to lift you up at the same time. Edification is information with clarity for your exhortation to lift you up. And many of these individuals will do what they do to lift themselves up. This is about glorifying God, sharing information with you to clarify to help you to have knowledge, to get you to seek his face and his, pardon me, and his knowledge and his wisdom and doing that by going to the word of God, the word of God being the Bible. It is our guidebook, our roadmap, our instruction book. It's all of those things. And you find his truth from the front to the back and the back to the front, regula fidei, rule of faith. And when you go from the front cover to the back cover and you find the scriptures in the New Testament, you can find like scripture that is written in the Old Testament. And this is what God tried to share with the Pharisees, but they didn't want to hear it. And when he was sharing, and especially about the part where he is truth and he speaks truth and he brought truth and he is truth, they didn't want to hear any of that. And as he flatly told them, he says, well, of course you don't understand what I'm telling you because what I share with you is truth and you don't understand what I speak or what I'm sharing with you because you don't speak truth. You speak the language of your father and your father being the devil and he is a liar. Well, they didn't appreciate that because to them that wasn't true except it is. It was truth when he shared it then, and it is truth now, is that you have the individuals that don't know how to deal with it because they don't speak truth. I speak truth and only truth and only through the guidance of the Holy Spirit and what I share with you, they allow me to share because it's truth. If it wasn't, that, there's, there's things that you don't see that take place that I get shut down if I'm not sharing truth. But we need to learn to be in God's presence regularly. 
practicing his presence, enjoying his hearness, the hearness of God here in the specific point that I am at the specific location that I am in right now at my study desk and doing what I do, being about my father's business. And he's here. He's right here with me. I feel him. And then every once in a while, he just wraps his fatherly God arms around me and gives me a little tight squeeze. And then I leak out. And that can't be helped because that's just the overwhelming, the overwhelming sensation of God's love. That unconditional love that God pours out on us. He exhibited that in coming and dying on the cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever Listen to this. You have perverts that will out there and twist the word. And then they try to point, they, they try to make things a racial conflict. Derisiveness. And this is the white noise interference that's given out by the devil, by him and his minions. And they stir that up. And what is the greatest agitation on the face of this planet about different things? It is a racial conflict. Derisiveness, the greatest rift is created between the ethnicities. And this is one of the target areas, and he loves to do this. But what does the Bible say? The infallible truths, the word of God, for God so loves the world. He didn't say, for God so love the Caucasians, for God so love those that live in Africa. For God so loved the Middle Easterners. For God so loved the Chinese, the Koreans, the Hispanics, the Latinos, the Latinas. For God so loved anyone specific. It doesn't say that. Just like this thing that is becoming this seeming mantra that was shared, which it just drove derision, derisiveness more and more about specific people mattering about anything except the Bible says for God so loved the world which means that every single person matters to God might not matter to us but matters to God everyone for God so loved the world no one specific the world then whosoever again specifically not anyone but anyone Wait, that's confusing. No, it's not. Not specifically any ethnicity or specific group of people or specific class of people, the upper class, the lower class, the middle class. God is not a respecter of any man or woman. I've shared this with you countless times and I'll keep on doing it because it's necessary and it's still evident today that people think that that does matter. It doesn't matter. He is a respecter of no man or woman. He doesn't care what you own, what you don't own, how you dress, how you smell, what you look like, whether you shave or you don't shave. None of that matters to God. The only thing that matters is the character of your heart. 
So do you exhibit good character, loving character, compassionate character, or kindness? Or are you so caught up in all this other reverie that you get and totally forget your neighbor, your brother, your sister, and those that you should be caring for, those that you should be helping and loving? You get so caught up in all this other stuff that you forget. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, any of you that believe it and say, Jesus, come into my life. I want you in my life. I want you to change my life. Heavenly Father, Abba Yahweh, I want to have faith in you. Holy Spirit, Parakletos, come walk beside me. Teach me, guide me, show me. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all it takes that quick. And that's why I share this with you, to give you the opportunity not to be condemning or blaming or pointing the finger. That's not what this is about, not at all. It is to be about my father's business. So what my father cares about mostly is that you have the opportunity to repent, to hit that turning point, that turning place, that place that the Holy Spirit has brought you up to and you take a left turn, a right turn, or completely turn around because you have faith that the detour is the road. It's not a matter of inconvenience. It is the road. It's where you should be. And that's what it is about, that you hit that turning point. And that we take time to spend alone with God. We have, we have to, some of us get so caught up in all these things that you do. Things get all caught up in this stuff. And I was talking to several people about this and, and there was an excuse for not getting time with God. Oh, I didn't have time. We had too much of this one. We had too much of that going. We had too much of this. And they think that because they're doing it supposedly for the church or mission field or something that was going, but the important thing is that they take time for themselves and God. And then they get so caught up when this, and this is, this comes from Satan. This is part of that white noise thing, incidentally. They start feeling guilty because, oh, everybody else on the trip, they were so caught up in getting all this stuff done and, and sharing and, and doing and showing and, and, and giving and, and this and that and this and that and this and that. Just didn't have time. And I, I feel so bad if I, if I took off and took time on my own. Well, See, that's exactly the defeatist attitude that Satan wants you to have. And then he works on planting in your brain that everything that you're doing involved in is so much more important than time with God. Well, it's not. And even when you're with these folks in, in a mission field and these things that are going on, that if you take time you take, and it doesn't take a whole great deal of time. A couple minutes, five minutes, 
and you just focus on God alone, not all the stuff that you're involved in and not all the things that you have to testify to or or do and you have this schedule for that and you're going to meet with this group over there and at this time and that time then you got a lunch over here at this time and this time just find out where they're going to be and then take time with god walk out to the middle of a park and, and spend some time alone either open the bible or just meditate and practice god being present with you but when it becomes that you are practicing the hearness of God and that he is there specifically right smack where you are, you will see, you will feel, and you will know that that time was so important for you to be there and that you're taking that time. You sacrifice that to God. And this is the thing that I've, I've told you before and I'll remind you again because it's true that we have a commodity on the face of this planet that is far more precious than any gem precious metal, any commodity, anything at all. And we don't want to share it. We don't want to give it away. We don't want to give it to any. And worst of all, the worst part of it is that we don't want to give any of it to God who provides it anyway, because without his hand, you wouldn't have it. What is that commodity? Money, big houses, a lot of cars? No, it's simply time. It's not yours anyway, but you act as if it is. You don't have time to spend with God. You don't have time to spend with your spouse. You don't have time for the children. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And even when you're working for a church, I've got to be here. I've got to be there. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do this and that and this and that and this and that. Yada, 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 yada. And you have no time for God. Well, that's pathetic, actually. It's pretty sad. Practicing to be in the presence of God and invite him to come and then practicing his hearness. I love that phrase. I love that phrase. I love that phrase. Can't not love it enough. Let's put it to another perspective. If God or the Lord had decided to be more like us rather than desiring that we be more Christian, that we are of Christ and from Christ and more like him. If he decided to be more like us, you know, I don't have time to go down there and do this crucifixion thing. I just don't have time. I got, I got this to do over there. I got to go, I got to go meet with, uh, I have a meeting with Michael and Gabriel and, and some of the other, uh, Uriel, Ariel. I have to meet with these angels and I don't have time to go down there and do this now. I have this going on over here in this part of the world. I gotta, I gotta stem the the agony and the pain that's going on with these folks over here because they foolishly went and they keep going back to this flood plain. They keep going into this place where they shouldn't be, and I, I've got to go be with them. I just don't have time to go for this crucifixion thing. Can we reschedule? Oh my goodness! If the Lord. Almighty had acted more like us instead of desiring for us to be more like him. Wow. Isn't that a thought process? Think about it. If he had decided to be more like us instead of desiring that we are more like him, whew, seriously, we'd be in a, in a hurt locker. <laughs> 
But we need to remember that as our thoughts become more and more centered on him, that we become more trusting and the fears that we have that come on us are displaced. You become more confident in the, and the Bible talks about this. The New Testament reminds us that in these trials, John talks about it, our testing, we become more tempered, strengthened, fortified, and in that, we learn to become more patient, more focused and centered, kinder, more compassionate. Brothers and sisters, this is an important thing that we need to do. Don't be allowing fear and worry to come in. And the analogy that's used in, in, uh, in my study is the, we are very, we're, I think we're like two carnival rides, pretty much. We're like the, uh, we're like a carousel ride. We get on this thing, we go around and around and around and around. It doesn't seem like we're going in a direction. We're just going around. And we get that way. <clears throat> that day planner that I talk about is that God gave us this gift of forethought. And we're able to pre-plan. But the problem is, and where we tend to shade it over and darken it, <clears throat> is that we give too much credence to that. We pre-plan so much stuff that it becomes an unreality. Something that we cannot get accomplished because there's so much crammed into the day, this day, that day, and more days, and even those that practice, <clears throat> uh, that are doing, working for the church, and, and all these, and, and I was sharing already that some of these folks that were on mission trips, and their day planner was so chock full of stuff, and I asked the pointed question, so did you have any downtime, alone time with God? Were you able to, to get that? Oh no, I had this to do, we had this lunch, we had that gathering, we had this gathering, that gathering. Going. You didn't find a, a nice little secret garden which where you were, the area you are, there is just full of them. I didn't put it quite that way, but <clears throat> the question I had was, did you find that secret garden? Huh, what? They had forgotten that we had that discussion before they even left. There are a lot of them where you can find a little hedged gate <clears throat> Pardon me, or a, a a gated wall, and you go through that gate, and you're in this little garden space. Just a quiet time. You can escape by going to those, or just finding a, a quiet corner to for respite and down. Couldn't do it. Tomorrow is not promised. And you go ahead and fill up your day planner. 
You get all worried. And then, and then, and then the problem comes when you go back and you pick up that day plan and you start looking at all those pages of all these things you got going and you start flipping, 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 flipping. And you have this thing that you see with a big star next to it, which is supposed to be something special going on with the kids and the family. And then you went right by it and you put a line and then you start writing work type stuff that is taking you away from the family. And nothing is written down for God. No time written for God. No time written down for the family. It's all about everything that has to get done or that you think needs to get done. That you think needs to get done. And then you don't make the kids graduation. You don't make the kids birthday. You don't make the kids... special showing you don't make the kids show uh, for their science fair and you don't make the kids recitals you're missing out on these things first time and you don't make it because you chalk your day planner full of things but when you spend time with God and we make a point to spend time with him we can learn and the Holy Spirit helps us to learn what is important and what is not. Brothers and sisters, I have learned something that I'm trying to practice more and more is that it's much more important to have time that you share with God and you seek his truth and face. Unfortunately, many times you have individuals that are not going to understand that. And they're not, plain and simply. And then what they do is they try to point their finger and accuse and say things like, you never change, you won't change. Or they try to do things like that. And the sad part of it is, is that individuals are sometimes weren't even around you or with you, but they're going by hearsay. That's unfortunate. But here's the important thing that we must, must, must remember, to stay in prayer. To always be in prayer. And the closer we walk with God, it's important. And, and the reading here is saying that we saturate our mind with scripture. And you know what? I'm just realizing seeing that, that I'm not doing that enough. I'm not saturating my mind with scripture enough. I need to spend more time with God and in his word. I mean, it's, I'm not working with this other than for him. And by his grace that he has provided this opportunity. And some might not look at it that way, but I firmly do. This opportunity that I have to be in his word and doing his, his business. And one thing that we need to remember, and we can find this in Romans 12. And this is part of the thing that we get. We get molded into this thing by this plane of existence that we're in. 
we think that it has to be this way because everybody else is doing it that way. And we got to do this and do that, do this and do that, do this at this time and this at that time and that at that time. And we can't do this. We have to eat a certain way. We have to eat certain things at a certain time. And we have to do this first. We have to, you can't eat dessert first. Well, let me tell you this about that. You can eat whatever you want, whenever you want. Breakfast isn't just for breakfast anymore. Dessert doesn't have to be saved to last. And that there are other peoples that have learned that. And they do that. But why am I saying that? I'm saying that because you don't have to be conformed to what everyone else is doing. And spending time with God and practicing his presence and being in his hearness is important. And in Romans 12, 12 2 specifically, we find... Um, this is the word of God from the new King James version, which is okay. I, I, I was raised, see, I'm kind of conformed to this thing here and it's okay because I enjoy it and I like it. The King James version is, uh, and a lot of people have problem understanding it because it's got a lot of these and nows and therefores and thuses and so forth and so on. But I like it. It's more of the old way that we used to speak. And anyway, so Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your what? What does this say here? Oh my goodness. What was I talking about? Let me start again. Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Further, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man, that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And that doesn't mean when, it, when he says soberly, that doesn't mean that you're not going out drinking and carousing um, it's not talking about the consumption of alcohol to the point of being drunk. When he's talking about soberly, it means that your your mind is your mind is is set, and that you can that you're thinking clearly, logically, with good reason. That you're not just running amok. Um, I have this word here that I wrote down and, and I'm gonna share that with you now. This is, we find this by Paul writes in the book of Ephesians. And see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil. So if you look around, some of these things I share with you and some of these commentators write about is the evil and wickedness that's going on around us. But don't get caught up in that, that you walk circumspectly. What does that mean, circumspect? that you walk discreetly, carefully, 
in a prudent manner. What does that mean? Well, that means that your mind is focused on the word of God, the truth, and you're walking carefully so that you're sharing it and showing that and that you are uh, careful providing for future. What does, it, what does the word of God tell us? And Paul writes about this and shares with us. That you're focused on the end, that you're focused on the end prize, which is then the end of the race. And we are in somewhat of a race and people describe it as the rat race or the human race and these things that we're involved in, but that you are focused on this and that you are prudent and that you are in the word of God, you're following this truth and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you're learning and being taught and that you are focused on that. And what is that end? The gates of heaven, when the father meets you and says, welcome home, my good and faithful son or daughter. Welcome home. I know it's been a long journey, but welcome home. And then he reaches out and he puts those arms around you and just gives you that fatherly hug and squeezes and and you have those, you have the tears come out because you feel that unconditional love. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. See that you walk circumspectly, not as a fool, but as a wise redeem the time. And this is what, this is what Paul's talking about, walking soberly, that you're not just wandering around and, and you're not running amok just bumping into walls and going all sorts of directions. And David writes in his Psalm 119, 105, that his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. The guidance of the Holy Spirit provides that for us because we are in a dark and broken place. It is dark and broken here. There's a lot of beauty here. But you have to also learn to look with spiritual eyes and listen with spiritual hearing because it is, it's pretty dark if you don't. Brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers going out and coming in. And sometimes it's a difficult place. But always remember that God promises that he is with us whithersoever we go. And that means that these commentators write about all this other stuff and some of these things that I share with you, it's to open your eyes and to be aware of these things that are going on around us. But that's only because it's necessary to be aware of the movement of the enemy. And as a good warrior and being prepared for this thing, that you have to know and be aware of the movements of the enemy. And if you refuse to listen to that, then you will be foolishly trampled underfoot. And yes, that's true. Brothers and sisters, hear my prayers, my going out, my coming in. Be blessed.